0: You're listening to the Christian Single Moms Podcast. This is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly, founder of Agape Moms, and I'm excited to have you with me today. On the podcast here, we focus on discovering you on the journey through. And what that means to me is that I believe every single mom can find a life of peace and power and purpose and I believe that we can actually do that right through the things that God is carrying us through in our season as single moms and I'm just excited to have you along on this journey with me. Today on the podcast we're going to be talking about self-care. And I think it's not only an important topic as we go into the holiday season and trying to maintain our own boundaries and our own health as we take care of ourselves, but I think it's an essential topic for single moms. There's this thing called mom guilt, and I know that you know about that, but single mom guilt I feel like is this really specific brand of... Kind of self neglect, you know, not taking care of ourselves very well because we just feel like we're pulled in too many directions. So often we feel like we owe it to our kids to take care of their needs ahead of our own, especially when we're stretched in so many different directions with work and all of the things that we have to take care of in order to take care of them. My guest today is Joni Debrito from Focus on the Family, and I love how she puts the perspective of caring for ourselves is actually caring for our kids and that we do right by all of the people in our lives and by ourselves by prioritizing our own needs to make sure that we don't get stretched too thin so that we can be more available to our loved ones. For a long time, I misunderstood what self-care really was. I kind of thought of it as self Maintenance, I guess, or self indulgence almost, where it seemed that it was something that I was doing at the expense of other people. But as Joni frames it for us, self care is really just taking care of our own rhythms, our rest and our exercise, and all of the things that go into taking care of our physical body and our emotional health and our spiritual health so that we can be recharged and energized. And in doing so, I became aware of those rhythms and when I would become run down and couldn't be more available to my loved ones and then what to do in that space and how to gain control of my frazzled emotions by engaging in self-care routines so that I could get reset, rebalanced, and get back out there. Something I failed to recognize was that in neglecting and rejecting my own needs, I was less aware of the needs of my kids and the people around me. and. In being unaware of my own needs, I accepted treatment from other people. That was not treatment that I should have allowed, that my boundaries being lax in how I took care of myself actually caused me to be then less strict when it came to what kind of treatment I would accept from other people. And I know that that seems like kind of a far stretch to go from, well, how does rest and exercise get you to a point of healthy boundaries? And really what it comes down to is prioritizing your own self and knowing what it is to take care of yourself. I would constantly get frustrated because I would feel like I would want someone else to to help me or give me something that I needed. And then when I learned really good self-care routines and good boundaries, I didn't need that anymore. I knew I was capable of taking care of the things that I needed. And then in turn, it caused me to be much better about letting people know where I was in terms of our relationships. And that could be my kids, that was dating, that was even with my ex, about what kind of things were okay in my life and what kind of things were not okay with my life. And a lot of that just had to do with the fact that self-care causes you to constantly check in with yourself and notice how you're feeling and then protect your peace by attending to your own needs. So for me, this self-care journey has been really transformational, and it's actually part of how we treat loneliness. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that loneliness is a huge focus of mine. And in understanding how to care for ourselves and looking inward, we actually are able to reduce some of those feelings of loneliness that often come because we're looking outward for our needs to be met. As far as loneliness is concerned, I have a quiz available at agapemoms.com forward slash quiz that teaches you what your loneliness type is. And in learning your loneliness type, you're able to understand your personal experience with loneliness because it is different for all of us. And then you have the ability to start working through some of the resources that I have available to not only identify your loneliness patterns, but then also to heal them. Again, if you'd like to get started on that journey, all you have to do is take that short quiz and that is at agapemoms.com forward slash quiz. What Joni's going to talk with us about today is a good self-care routine, what self-care really is, what the benefits of good self-care are, and how we can actually go about fitting it into our lives. And sometimes that actually means we can involve our kids in that process. And she has a lot of very creative, very practical ideas that I think you're going to enjoy. To give you some background on Joni, Joni DeBrito is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed marriage and family therapist. As the current director of parenting and youth at Focus on the Family, Joni DeBrito draws from over 30 years of diverse experience as a parent educator, family life educator, school social worker, administrator, and licensed mental health professional. She's also a wife of 41 plus years, mother of two married daughters, and a grandmother of two wonderful grandchildren. I enjoyed Joni's perspective on this subject because number one, she's a professional and this is what she does and she has a huge heart for mothers, but number two, she's a mom and a grandmom herself and she's just a little further down the road and has that wisdom that I just grab so tightly to in a season like this in seeing women who have gone before me. I hope that you will enjoy this conversation with Joni Debrito. Joni, thanks for joining me today. I'm so very excited about this conversation because mom guilt is its a thing. It's just a thing. And single mom guilt is, is like a special variety <laughs> of mm-hmm. mom guilt. And it's something, though, that you're really passionate about when it comes to moms taking good care of themselves, not only so that they can be great moms, but that they can also feel as women that they're doing the things that God has intended for them and that they are able to do that with confidence. I'd like to start us off by just talking a little bit about self-care and what are the benefits of regularly prioritizing our own care and how that connects then to our mental and emotional health.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me, Michelle. It's so much fun to be here and I love talking with moms and especially about this topic because you're right, it is very prevalent among mothers. Um, We bring children into the world and there are a lot of expectations and we try to meet them. And then somewhere along the way, I think often outside sources heap on even more expectations. And so we tend to start thinking There's never a moment in the day where we shouldn't be serving or shouldn't be taking care of our kids. And obviously, we have the profound, wonderful opportunity to raise children and take care of them well, but we can't do that unless we are working with a full tank, so to speak. And so, yes, self-care is so important if you are trying to work with your kids, talk with your kids, help your kids, get them back and forth to baseball practice or activities or help them with their homework and you are coming from an empty tank, it's not going to help you and it's not going to help them. So it's incredibly important for you to be paying attention to the five things that we, we really want to talk about. Sleep, which is in in, uh, in something that a lot of people are not getting enough of these days. Staying hydrated Eating well, which doesn't mean that you have to be a nutritionist. I can give some great little tips for that. Um, For sure, getting exercise, hopefully out in the sunshine because that has benefits as well. And um, then connecting with friends and just having a social life that maybe doesn't include your children. And really the benefits of those five things are that you will be more mentally healthy. Um, All of those things include help for your mental health to help you really thrive as an individual and thrive as a mom.
0: I love that point about that. This is about thriving, that this is not about just making it through every day, <laughs>
1: That right. this is
0: actually walking into that. You could actually walk into a situation that's less than ideal and feel like it's okay. I can handle this. Like I've got right. the, the tank is full and we're ready to go. Right. And on the flip side though, I know a lot of women when we approach the word self-care and this was me, I used to hate that word. I used to cringe to hear the word self-care because to Mm -hmm. me, it it sounds like selfishness. It sounds like you are taking time and energy away from somebody else who needs you to take care of yourself. And I realized obviously becoming a single mom, how wrong that is. And Mm -hmm. we've all heard the example that, you need to put the oxygen mask on yourself first, that if you're in an airplane, you need to care for yourself first so that you actually then can care for the child who's next to you. How do you think that we can reorient our minds to this, You know, so that we're not thinking of it as a selfish thing, but we're actually looking at the biblical and the biological reasons why we do need to do this to prioritize ourselves and to make time for it?
1: Well, I think some of it starts with just great information, understanding how neglecting your self-care can actually affect you. But one of the things that I would say very quickly here is that if you think about it, you're not doing any service to your children if you are trying to serve them from a place of no energy whatsoever. And we've all had days like that, haven't we? We've all had those days mm-hmm. where we just kind of slug through because we haven't slept, we haven't eaten, we haven't taken care of ourselves. And you get to the end of the day and you realize you really haven't benefited yourself and you really haven't benefited your children. So just the opposite of being selfish, self-care is actually another way that you give to your children. By giving to yourself. You give to your children. And it might be really helpful for listeners to hear some of the ways that self-care is going to um, help them and their kids, but also how neglect of self-care has some really significant um, concerns and, and effects. One of them that people are always shocked to hear about is how sleep deprivation affects us. Do you know... That if you are deprived of sleep for long enough, you will have or may have, very likely will have um, psychotic uh, symptoms. So in other words, psychosis is when you hear things that aren't there and see things Mm -hmm. that aren't there and so forth. And I remember I was telling this story in a class one time. And one of the guys in the class, he raised his hand and he said, I have a great story for that. Um, I was in the military and they do sleep deprivation exercises all the time because of you're out in the field and you're having to um, uh, take care of a situation, mm-hmm. there's a battle going on, what have you, you don't get to say to your buddy, Hey, by the way, I, I need a nap. And so you just have to keep going. So they actually test them to find out their tolerance level. And he said after a certain period of time, and it was a long time and it was like 22 hours or something like that. It was a long time, but after this long time, his buddy got up, walked across the field, and pretended to put a, well, he thought he was putting a coin into a tree to get a soft drink out of it. Now, this was oh a guy my. who had absolutely no pre-existing mental health issues whatsoever. Yeah. And for him, he said, I clearly recall, I know that it didn't happen because it's impossible, but I clearly recall seeing a cow go over pull up a telephone pole out of the ground and fly away. And this is again, someone with (laughs) no pre-existing mental health. So sleep deprivation will at the most extreme levels will cause that. But prior to that, and we've probably all experienced, especially when you're a new mom with a a baby that's crying all night.
0: That's what came to mind for me. Yes.
1: You realize how you're, you you don't process as well and so forth. So that's, sleep is one of those examples and i can give more if you think that that would be helpful
0: well to go on your with your sleep example i mean i could just remember when my kids were born that it was difficult for me to even keep track of the feeding schedule because yep. i couldn't even think about how many hours ago was that and i had to yes. write it all down and then there were times i would forget to write and then mm-hmm. you have your own like maybe medication schedule on top of that and it was just so much more difficult and not just because you're stretched thin with a newborn, but also because you are just running on fumes at that point.
1: Right. And it makes us
0: so much more reactive. We can't deal with stress well. And I think a lot of times where we find like these little fixes, we're like, well, okay, if I get four hours and then I have like coffee all day and then like some Cokes in the afternoon or whatever, like I'm set. But that that is not, as you said, that's not thriving the way that-
1: it's you not. And, it. you know, I, I'll tell you a very quick, funny story about that, that um, when I was, I think it was my first daughter was born. I was a new mom learning how to pump and breastfeed and so forth. And I was going to be leaving the house for the first time. So my husband would be left with a bottle of breast milk. And so I had everything all organized. I planned everything and I made sure everything was scheduled and so forth. And I got up and I pumped and I pumped this beautiful bottle of breast milk. And as I was putting it on the table, I accidentally hit it. It fell off and it all splattered (laughs) on the floor, which many people listening now who haven't had that experience would be just don't get it. But any mom who's ever done that would be like, ah, no. yes. yes. so I will never never forget. You'd have to know me. First of all, I tend to be a very calm person. I I'm I cry easily, I'm touched easily, but I'm not mm-hmm. a super emotional person. I don't mm-hmm. things don't rattle me very much. And I literally was sitting on the floor crying. And yeah. my husband came down and said, Honey, what happened? I'm like, ah, did I, I pun? And he looked at me and he goes, Honey, don't cry over spilt milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wanted to hit him, right? Just, right. Like, like, <laughs> what? You didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea like right. that this and cannot not be replaced. <laughs> right. And what made me do that? It was the sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. I was not, a, you know, I'm not a super emotional person. I'm not, mm-hmm. I like, again, I'm very touched easily and it's easy for me to cry when I'm touched, but I'm not someone who, you know, tends to react that way emotionally. But it was because I was so tired. And on the flip side of that, we know that um, research has shown, for instance, for people who struggle with feelings of depression or anxiety, regular exercise, especially outside in the sunshine, has been shown to be actually more effective than an antidepressant for people who have very mild anxiety and mild to moderate depression. So that tells you how helpful it is for everyone.
0: Well, and I think we have to identify as single moms that we have been through some kind of trauma. No matter how you got to the situation that you're in, Mm -hmm. some trauma is involved in our lives and in our kids' lives. And we have to be aware of the fact that emotionally we may have more needs, especially during some seasons more than others. And that when we're not taking that good care of ourselves, those things just really bubble up to the surface, our nerves right. are extremely frayed and we just are not able to lead our kids through that. And I think that's where a lot of this this goes is that we have to be able to lead them. And that's that's a challenge. There's already things that just are depleting us that we can't control. And so right. taking care of ourselves make sure that we're not making that really any worse,
1: I think. I think that's an excellent point. And you're right, Michelle, there is stress and trauma and loss involved in whatever has brought you to being a single mom, whether it's through death or divorce or another situation, it's difficult. I know we have a couple of single moms on staff where I work who are single because they did not marry, but they really wanted to have children. And Mm -hmm. so they've not dealt with death or loss, but they are dealing just with the sadness of although it was a decision they made, you know, needing to um, raise a child on their own, which is really difficult and Mm -hmm. hard for them when they see, you know, couples raising children together, it's hard for them. So I think that's really wise of you to recognize that there are other dynamics that single moms are dealing with that make it even harder and more important for them to practice self-care.
0: Yeah. Can you point to something biblically that would help us to get the sense that this is something actually that we need to prioritize.
1: Well, sure. I mean, I really always try to think about the example of Jesus Christ. You know, we think about the time when he went out, you know, to pray in the desert and the times that he went to pray by himself and left the disciples behind and asked for their help, asked them to be uh, with him. And if, as you recall, each time he went back, they were sleeping. And I think he was, it appears in scripture that he was distressed. From the words that we read, he was distressed that they were sleeping instead of, you know, in communion and prayer with him. Mm -hmm. And so even Jesus um, was practicing self-care. And for heaven's sakes, we can certainly assume that for every moment in his life, there were multitudes of people that needed his help. But he took the time to pray and be by himself and be with his father and his disciples.
0: Well, and one of the things I've noticed from from studying scripture about some of these things too is that this Jesus was very much about boundaries and very much about yep. who you would be close to and at what times and all those <laughs> mm-hmm. kinds of things. It was not a free for all of everybody come all at one time and all that sort of thing. And right. to me, that's such a great picture to understand that prioritizing our physical health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, that all of these practices and all these disciplines are things that he modeled for us. Mm -hmm. And yet somewhere along the line, a lot of us got the impression in the way that we grew up that we're just supposed to die to to everything that we might actually need. Mm -hmm. And- somehow that it's going to come out of us. And right. that's that's not it's not exactly the way that Jesus modeled it for
1: us. Right. And I think the Mary Martha example is so great too. That you know, we see how Mary sat mm-hmm. and was present with the Lord while Martha was running around. And I'll be honest with you, I probably see myself and Martha more than I How do that and way Mary. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's very typical of many moms. I love to have people in my home. I love to entertain, but even when I have people over and entertain, I have all this dialogue going on in my head, Joni, okay, you've got all the little details. We know that you've got this all figured out, but is that what they came for? Did they really come for the decoration in the middle of the table? Or did they really come to see when my children were young to see my children dress perfectly or whatever, or did they come to spend time with you? And that's when, you know, that's another part of self-care of being, allowing yourself the time to be with friends and just sit down and take a breath and not have to worry about all of the details that are going on
0: well and really that doesn't enhance the quality of our life it may make us feel like we have some control over things or it might make us feel really productive and busy mm-hmm. and that kind of thing but it's i found for myself that overproduction was actually something that while i thought it was great it it was leading to further depletion right and as you said you know the things that we take away that we remember are the interactions we have with people not i mean we might be impressed by the way that a room looked but we may we often take away how we felt in the way that we were greeted and the, you know, just the interactions that we had in a certain instance.
1: Yeah. And let me comment about that a little bit, just in terms of this level of frenzy that so many moms live within. And a lot of it is imposed. I understand often moms are trying very hard to make decisions to keep their life simple as possible. And maybe there are demands that come from school or from church or what have you. And so, boy, you have to be really proactive to have self-care around how you're managing your time. I, um, I'm not ashamed to say I'm in my 60s and so my daughters are in their uh, mid-30s and, and one is closer to 40. Um, and we have a great relationship and um, we talk very openly about, you know, their lives and, you know, things that have worked well, things that haven't worked well and so forth. And one of the things that I've asked them a lot about is, you know, what did you like about your childhood and, and what, what could have been improved? What could have been different? We just had very open discussions and over and over and over, I hear them talk about those moments where we were just together, we were talking, we went for a walk, we had a conversation, those really important quality times. What I rarely hear is um, a specific about an event that we went to. They might say, it was so great that you came to our events. And they might mention one every once in a while. But that's not what I hear the most about moms. What I hear is those times when we were together when we were pouring into one another, just talking. And so I really encourage you, for sure, as you encourage your children to thrive and grow, and to have some things that they begin to develop some skills and expertise in, for sure, encourage that, for sure, be present at games and so forth, but limit their involvement. And and I would say that not just from my own experience, but working with uh, many, many families in family counseling over the years. I spend so much time helping families figure out how much do their kids need to be involved in to grow and thrive and how much is adding to their stress and your stress and something that you can cut out and maybe not cut out for their life, but maybe do it later. Don't do. do not Don't feel like you have to do everything one year. They have to be in, you know, four sports. They have to be in three things at school, three things at church, whatever. Think about over their lifetime and talk with them. What would you like to do? What are some of the things you'd like to do? And spread those out. And that's another great way to take care of yourself because it it isn't self-care when you're just taxi cabbing kids around all day.
0: I have found that in studying more about self-care, that balance is one of the greatest benefits because as you said, so many times we just get doing these things and it's like, well, they want to do this activity and they want to do this thing. And then that's also part of something that ends up burning us out and actually can be a distraction from forming really great connections with our kids. And you mentioned earlier that there are sort of these five areas of self-care that help us to achieve that balance and help us to prioritize those things and to create boundaries around being too busy. Can you talk a little bit more about establishing a really good self-care routine that might help us be somewhat protective against being, you know, over busy or shaming ourselves for, for taking time for ourselves.
1: Sure. I think it starts Michelle with knowing yourself and recognizing what you need, not what a book tells you you need, or what maybe other people in a woman's Bible study do and make you think that you need you have to respond to your body, your body clock, the kinds of things that are quality for you and not what might make sense for someone else. That's key because women do a lot of comparing with one another. Oh, so-and-so, she says she's mm-hmm. you know, up every morning at six o'clock in the morning and she has her God time and I need to do that because I admire her. And you can continue to admire that woman, but it may not work for you. Um, That's something that I really had to learn. Now, I am an early riser. And so the early morning for me is so great. And I encourage people, number one, to figure out their body clocks. When is the best time of the day for you to be alone with yourself, alone with God, or socializing, or doing the kinds of things that you need to do to take care of yourself? It's the same thing when it comes to exercise. It's the same thing when it comes to eating. Um, everyone is different in terms of those pieces. And that is often kind of a revelation for a lot of moms that there's not this little formulaic approach to how to take care of yourself. What I want to say, the routine that works for me may work beautifully for me and someone else, but may not work for you at all and vice versa. So first take the time to figure out what's important to me, how can I do things like exercise without it feeling like exercise? Is it that I go dancing once a week? Is that I do yoga on television? Is that I go for a walk or go for a bike ride or what have you? Do I go for a swim? Whatever you do, how do you do that? And then how are your eating patterns um, unique to you in terms of a way that makes you feel really energized? I, for instance, again, am someone who's much more likely to eat in the morning, breakfast in the morning, and eat kind of a late lunch, early dinner. I cannot eat um, after a certain period of time, or it just I just feel like I feel sluggish the next day. just sits in my stomach. I go to bed. Now, some people are very active at night, so they might be eating later. So figure out your body and what works for you, and as far as things that tend to be energizing, spiritual activities such as worship or reading the bible or prayer or whatever figure out how that works for you and don't try to fit into someone else's mold
0: that is so freeing for me because i am a person who can very often get stuck in routines and just do them even though i don't want to yep. <laughs> and that doesn't feel that doesn't feel like self care yeah, yeah. and i have learned a little bit more about Being able to actually like kind of gauge myself and start to feel like start to sense when I'm feeling burnt out before I even get there. So that even though I do have regular things as far as you're talking about with sleep and eating and that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff, those recharge moments where you may need to take a downtime moment to pray or Mm -hmm. to just Mm -hmm. close your eyes for 20 minutes in a chair that I am By getting out of routine, I'm just paying more attention to how I feel as I go through the day so that I know if I'm starting to get reactive that I Mm -hmm. can say, all right, mm, time to treat yourself, you know, time to just maybe put on some soft music or, you know, whatever the thing might be to get into the space where I want to be.
1: Yeah, and the other thing is that you need to always make adjustments. It's not something that you land on and it works for you for 20 years at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's just not the case because Mm -hmm. your kids go through their different ages and there are stresses at different ages. There are times when you have a little bit more margin to yourself and other times when there isn't as much. So if you're in a time where you don't have as much because you have teeny little ones who require so much care, then your um, time for yourself might be in five-minute snippets instead of 30-minute snippets. And then you get to other times in your life where maybe you have that time, a little bit more time, and you're able to expand on the time you have alone or the time with the Lord or with friends. And so feel free to, um, you know, change and adjust according to the seasons of your life.
0: And we've talked a little bit already here about how these practices help us to engage in better relationships with our kids, but how do you see that these things also can help us in our other relationships, especially a lot of moms are starting to take on dating or, you know, even relationships with other family members and those types of things. How does, how do these practices of being aware and creating the space for ourselves influence those connections?
1: Well, that's a really good question. And I think really the biggest answer to that one is that you want to be as present as you can be with people that you're relating to, whether you're dating or it's a a girlfriend um, or a family member. And people don't feel your presence when you're distracted. So if you are able to take care of yourself, and then when you're with another person or a group of people, really settle in and listen and hear you're communicating to those other people, you're important to me, I care about you, my time spent with you is valuable. On the other hand, if you haven't taken care of yourself and you're constantly checking your cell phone and distracted by that, or you are you know, going to the bathroom because you're not feeling well because you haven't taken care of yourself or what have you, that interrupts that opportunity for those sustained relationships. So it really um, is so helpful to take care of yourself so that you can be fully present and fully with the people that you want to be with.
0: I found that self-care also helps me with feelings of loneliness because a lot of times what happens is we start to project our needs outward and say, (laughs) I really wish that somebody would be here to take care of me in this way. And Uh after really looking at it, you're able to go, oh, wow, I can actually do that for myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> really when, good point. Very yeah, good. Point.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it's just something that when then you really can, for me, I mean, there's even been times where it's like, Lord, I'd really like to go out to dinner let's go. You know, like I felt like he's told me that even, you know, and it's things even like that where it's like, you may have a need to want to go out to a meal, you know, and do something Mm -hmm. that's a little out of your ordinary. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we attach that to like, I can only do that in a relationship. And so then when you are actually taking care of your own needs in that way, and God, I mean, I I wrote this blog post about God taking me to the grocery store, (laughs) you know, and like, Mm -hmm. I ended up buying myself flowers. It was something I wouldn't ordinarily do for myself, but that I'm paying attention to what, I enjoy what gives me peace, what he's put inside of me to pay attention yeah. to and all those types of things that when I am engaging in those things on my own, I don't have this neediness now to receive that from somebody else. And right. it allows me to approach relationships in a way that I feel completely whole. I feel like I am in charge of myself. I'm in control of myself and then when any what anybody adds on to that is a benefit. But that there's not that underlying just longing for somebody to take care of me because I'm taking care of myself.
1: Yeah. And you know what else is really great about that, Michelle, is that you're more likely to attract people who are healthy and you're more likely to have a healthy relationship, especially in the dating realm, because most men are not particularly attracted to needy women. And if you have taken care of your needs for yourself before you walk into that relationship, you're less likely to come across as someone who's expecting a man to fill a void that maybe he can't fill. Mm -hmm. And likewise, you are much more likely to be attracted to like-minded men so Mm -hmm. that um, you don't end up feeling like, okay, I have kids and now I have another child that I have to take care of um, by ending up with some sort of a needy man. So it's really smart to do that self-care so that you can be in the best place and you can attract those who are healthy, and also um, really be able to recognize uh, men in your life that are in a healthier space.
0: In this conversation, Joni and I are talking about some big issues that we deal with as single moms. We're talking about boundaries and burnout and self-care, and a lot of what we're going through emotionally in our healing process and just managing day-to-day life is complicated by these kind of factors. I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, because I think what they offer is so helpful in dealing with these specific types of subjects. Faithful Counseling is Christian counseling that is extremely convenient. You're able to schedule and have appointments, video appointments with your counselor through an app. And I have just truly enjoyed having someone that I know is on my team to help me prioritize myself And it forces me into a practice of prioritizing myself by having those regular appointments with a counselor who can help. If you would like to try Faithful Counseling, you can get 10% off of your first month by going to getfaithful.com forward slash single mom. Now, as we're talking a little bit about dating and things like that, I think sometimes it also happens in the situation is we neglect the fact that we're not just a mom, that Mm -hmm. so often we get stuck in mom mode and... We forget that we're also a friend or a sister or just a woman that God created with her own unique individual needs and life. And that often causes us to feel somewhat burnt out because we're not exercising and developing all the different parts of us. How do you think we can spot maybe some of the signs of that burnout coming, as I kind of mentioned earlier, and just how we can get those roles with self-care to all be balanced correctly?
1: Well, I think one of the things that you mentioned was a change in your emotions. If you typically are pretty even keel and you notice that your emotions are rising more, um, that you're in the car and you find you're more annoyed with other drivers and you're doing a lot of whatever, swearing under your breath or Mm -hmm. yelling at drivers through the window or things like that. You know, you have to step back and go, hang on a minute, this is not me. So something is causing this. I'm obviously probably trying to function out of, you know, less energy than I really need to have. Um, That is something that I notice for me. If I start getting, having emotional reactions that really are not fair, then I notice, okay, I'm, I'm getting burned out. The other thing is that I am not someone who uses profanity but on the times in my life when I've been under extreme levels of stress, I've found myself swearing a lot. Um, Not outwardly, I just don't swear at other people, but Mm -hmm. I swear under my breath. And that Mm -hmm. bothers me that I'm thinking Mm -hmm. that way because I know that God doesn't really want me to be thinking in those ways. Mm -hmm. And so I would say anything that you notice in yourself, behaviors that are not representative of who you are and not representative of the person that you want to be, really pay attention to that. Also, if you are crying more, um, if you're not laughing as much, if you are sleeping, but maybe not getting recuperative sleep, not good sound sleep, and you're tossing and turning all night, that's a good sign that you're heading toward burnout. If your patience is waning, um, if you're a super patient person or maybe you're not real patient and you realize that's something that you're working on, but your patience is even thinner, mm-hmm. that is always an indication that probably your tank is a little bit empty.
0: So what do you suggest? Like, let's say, for example, you're in the car with your kids and you know oh no, like I am raging at these other drivers. What are some quick fixes in those kind of situations that we can establish some real quick self-care when we might not actually be able to get away?
1: (laughs) Well, so here's a quick fix, but it goes actually before that happens in the car. Mm -hmm. I tell people this all the time. Feel free to go to your closet and rant and rave in your closet. I am not kidding about this. I spent Mm -hmm. much of my time as a mom, in my closet, having discussions with the wall, sometimes with God, but often it was just my opportunity to vent frustration at my husband, frustration at my kids, what have you. And I knew that what I was thinking in my head was not what I wanted to say to them because then it would be potentially damaging and I'd have to apologize. And, you know, it might leave an impression that I didn't want it to leave and so forth. But I had, it had to go somewhere. And so I would go and like, what are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about or whatever. And I just kind of get it out. And of course, in the process of getting it out, I would start laughing at myself because I'd realize that it was much more about uh, kind of me maybe having a warped perspective at that moment in time or what have you. So I encourage people to recognize when they're starting to get to that point. And if you're sending your kids to timeout, you take a timeout as well and use that time to just really, you know, um, get rid of those emotions that you're feeling—the ones that you know in your head are not really reasonable or rational—but you're feeling those feelings strongly. Now that's before the fact. When you're in the car or something like that, I um, used to play kind of like a little mind game with myself, and it was uh, a certain song that that I liked that I knew the lyrics to, and really enjoyed and if i was beginning to get to that point i would just very quickly switch to those lyrics partly because they were kind of funny and mm-hmm. usually it would allow me to just really be able to to get out of where i was and not say something that i would regret to my kids and the other thing is that more than once I actually stopped, more than once I stopped and very calmly said to my kids, gosh, I really got to go to the bathroom. And so I'd stop. And I really went to the bathroom just to kind of get away from the emotion and get away, you know, get a different perspective. So I think if you are willing to be honest with yourself of, uh oh, it's rising up, it's about ready to come out. But I, you know, I know what the um, consequences are going to be if I do this, and they're going to be far worse than if I kind of calm myself down here. Um, I think those are some ways that you can do that, especially the closet idea. I can't tell mm-hmm. you how many families I've worked with in therapy, and given that uh, point or two, and people will come back and say, oh, man, that works so well. I didn't know I could do that. I say, yeah, it's great, because there's nobody to argue back with you, and you actually hear yourself, and you start realizing where you're being irrational.
0: I totally get that. My closet is a busy place between like the ranting and the praying. And it's like, there's just, there's a lot that happens in that closet. I found actually in talking with Christina Chismar a couple of months ago, she recommended, especially when you're feeling like a triggered moment coming on, chewing gum can be a really helpful thing. And Mm -hmm. so I have found, not only do I get to chew gum when I can't speak it in the car, we all get a piece of gum. And a lot of times that just mellows out like, nobody's talking because everybody's chewing and it's like we're all getting the sensory input and but we're also like exercising our jaws and like so it just it really actually works to just have those things kind of on standby or even just a lotion in your purse or something like that to take that out and just think but think intentionally I'm treating myself right now I like how this feels
1: Gum is such a funny, when I saw that in my daughter a while back, and she was just having a really stressful day, and she put a piece of gum in her mouth, and she just started chewing, and she was chewing really hard, and I was just kind of smiling under my breath because I knew she was a little stressed, and her kids uh-huh. were there, and they were, you know, just being normal kids. I love my grandkids, but, you know, they are normal. Kids mm-hmm. have their ups and downs, and they were just a little bit demanding at that moment, and um I watched her put a couple more pieces in her mouth and then I just looked at her and I said, Now, <laughs> well, did you want that gum or are you just feeling a little stressed? And she, and she just started laughing yeah. because I don't think she realized that she had put two more pieces of gum in her mouth.
0: It yeah, was it was like, just yeah. like a knee
1: jerk reaction. It does work. Yeah, it does work. Yeah. It's a great yeah. little tip. <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And so you mentioned a little bit earlier about the the balance of our time, how important it is that we are filling our tank, but that we're also not overloading our plates and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things you wrote a blog post actually for agape moms and about this topic. And it's called self care for single moms, how to find balance for those of you who are listening and want to go check it out. Um, But in that post, you talked about some strategies to actually do self-care at the same time as spending quality time with our kids. And even earlier, you mentioned our kids remember when we go out on walks and we have conversation. Mm -hmm. And even in that, we're doing physical fitness then while we're having quality time with our kids. So can you talk about some strategies also for balancing that time where we're actually contributing to our development and our kids' development at Mm -hmm. the same time?
1: sure well um one of the ways is to get your kids involved in things that you are passionate about and share those things with them it's a wonderful way to learn if they have the same passions or not both pieces of information are important but it's a way for them to be able to see you and recognize your joy that you have with for me it's it's dancing it's cooking it's biking it's swimming it's things like that and so of course, as I was raising my children when they were young, I exposed them to all those things, and some of them they picked up on, and some of them, you know, they didn't. Um, certainly, the kinds of things that you find that are relaxing, there, you can expose your children to those as well. So, for me, listening to certain kinds of music is relaxing. I might put on some music, and surprisingly, um, one of the kinds of music that I like is classical because it does tend to be very relaxing. And I've been surprised at how much my kids and grandkids have liked classical music as well just because of the exposure. Obviously, you can curl up with a book and read a book and have a blanket. Maybe there's a blanket that is comfortable for you that reminds you of home and warm and comfy and all the things that help you feel relaxed. So curl up in that blanket while you're reading a story to your child. So you can be doing all kinds of self-care things and um and attending to your children at the same time.
0: And in that blog post you mentioned you talked about at the top of the episode those five points but you talk about hydrating and things like that and I've mm-hmm. I've even just found like going to the grocery store they have these things that you can flavor your water with you know and so it's picking out a couple of favorites for me and a couple of favorites for my kids and it's just it's fascinating to me that if you really know what the things you need to focus on Mm -hmm. are in order to have good um, consistent level of energy that Mm -hmm. there are fun creative ways that you can feel like you are treating yourself throughout the day Uh from a sensory perspective and that we have the ability to do those same things with our kids. I think I never really understood self-care in the sense of really – I don't necessarily want to use the word indulging in those senses because I don't want it to sound gluttonous, I guess, but there is a little bit of that of here are the things that I like. Here are the things that I enjoy. Let's sample these together. Let's try these things. And it doesn't have to be that you are, you know, baking cookies all afternoon with your kids. Like sometimes that can seem so over the top, but we feel like if we're not doing that, that we're not bonding and building great quality time with our kids. And it really can be something so much simpler than that.
1: It can be. And let me mention one other thing. Everyone needs to learn to feel comfortable about being alone so that when they're alone, they're not always feeling lonely. Kids need alone time. And that's a great parenting skill to teach children, to help them learn the kinds of things that are important to them and help them feel comfort And allow them to have those things available so that if maybe you need a break and say, hey, I need a little break, how about you take a break as well? It's not a crisis for them. They don't feel lonely. They don't feel abandoned. It's like, oh, hey, great, some fun time. So one thing you can do for yourself and for your kids to anticipate those times is make a comfort bag or it can be a comfort box or just something that you put items in and you and your children identify things that make them feel good, that make them feel relaxed, that make them feel comfortable and that make you feel those ways as well. And you put them in a bag or a box or a special little cubby in their room or wherever. And um, a box or a bag is actually better because it kids a mobile. So you can take mm-hmm. it with you in a car yeah. and so forth. If you need a little time on a, a trip or something um, and you take those things out and, you look at them or you put them on or whatever. And my only rule about items is that it's not something that could be potentially harmful. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if someone says, um, yeah, I want to put a bottle of Jack Daniels in my Mm -hmm. comfort bag and they're known to have a problem with alcohol. That would not be something, even though they say it brings them comfort, that would not be a good idea. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know, I mean, I still have a comfort bag and it's pretty much got the same thing it used to have. It's got a favorite blanket, you know, just one of those wonderful cozy blankets, some really warm fuzzy socks, a little photo album that has pictures of the favorite places I've been with my husband, my family, and on my own as well. And then some music that I really love. And um, I will take that with me on trips. It's very small and it's easy to take with me. And, um, so I'll take it with me on trips and sometimes I pull it out and sometimes I don't.
0: I like that. I like also the permission you just gave, I think every single mom listening that (laughs) your kids need alone time too. Yes, (laughs) I think we need to give ourselves permission, especially if we don't have like full custody with our kids. We don't have all Mm -hmm. the time that we'd like to have with them. We kind of feel like I got to make the most of every minute I have with them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means alone time.
1: <laughs> yes, it does. And yeah. But the reason I mentioned children is every human being has to learn to be comfortable with being alone because we're going to spend a lot of time alone uh, in our lives. I mean, whether it's sitting, waiting for a plane or sitting in traffic when you're commuting, whatever, and people have to be comfortable with that. And I've had many clients who never had the benefit of learning how to be comfortable being alone. And many of them struggle with anxiety and so forth. And the only issue is I'm okay as long as I'm not alone. But the problem with that is that really sets them up for failure in life because there are just a lot of times where you are going to find yourself alone, whether expected or unexpected. So a great current example would be people who were sent home because of COVID And maybe we're living alone. We've seen uh, people in our lives who were well equipped to be alone uh, struggle, but do fairly well. And I think it's normal that anyone anyone is struggling under these circumstances, but doing fairly well. And then I've seen people literally fall apart. And the Mm -hmm. difference I see is that those people who have fallen apart have communicated to me in the past, I cannot be alone.
0: And -hmm. that's
1: just not realistic for any of us.
0: Well, and I think that's where even self-care, the boundary of screen time, you know, and of having space where you are quiet or meditating or those kinds of things is really important because mm-hmm. if we just distract ourselves by scrolling and, you know, the glowing rectangle, like we don't ever have to learn how to be alone. We can wait, you know, for a plane, like as you said, but if we have the box in front of us, you know, if we have the device in front of us that we, we don't learn to, to soothe appropriately and that then we are become more anxious because we're relying on our connections through this device and social media and all that kind of stuff. I've actually tried to learn sometimes to challenge myself that if I am waiting to not take my phone out, just so that I practice in those still moments, just those few moments of mindful mindlessness, I guess, where it's just like I'm intentionally choosing not to fill my brain with anything right now and just be still in that moment. So Joni, you have given us so many really good practical tips that I feel like there's things I'm learning here that I can take right out of here and go and start doing. Before we wrap up, I ask everybody that comes on the show the same question at the very end. What is one thing that you think every single mom should know?
1: I think that the one message I would want to get across to all single moms is God loves you and God loves your children. And as you fall into him and depend on him, he will help you love your children well. And I think I would say that to every mom.
0: That's so important to remember. Thank you so much. I'm feeling filled up by that. Um, Also, you mentioned uh, that there's a Bible study that might be a good tool that we're trying to correct some of these maybe wrong ideas that we grew up with and how we prioritize ourselves and our relationship with God and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to know if you would tell us a little bit about that and then perhaps maybe some other resources that focus on the family might have for single moms.
1: Sure. Well, the one I was thinking about is a Bible study called The Mind of Christ, and it's by Hunt. I want to say TW or CW Hunt. Um, It's a Bible study that I did many years ago, and the reason I loved it was because of what we're talking about today. There were many expectations that I had put on myself, and many things that I was trying to do as a Christian mom, and um, where I was maybe going in a slightly wrong direction according to Scripture. And so this looks at a lot of different things. One of the things it looks at is the fruits of the Spirit. And the part that I love the most in this study is where it looks at how you can develop the fruits of the spirit. And there are um, ways, though, of perverting those. So it really is possible to be too kind or too good um, in the way that we interpret it in our world. Certainly, it wasn't impossible for Jesus to be too kind or too good. But for human beings, we have a way of sometimes misinterpreting, you know, the intent. So, for instance, it, it really, I think, uh, is very um, applicable to that single mom space where, you know, if I'm just, if I just do more for my children, if I just am, you know, good to them all the time, and if I'm kind to them all the time, everything will be fine. And this Bible study actually talks about that being A perversion of the intent of that particular quality or that particular fruit of the spirit, that you can go to the extent where you do it so much that you neglect yourself, you teach them to be very narcissistic unintentionally, etc. And so I think that's a really neat one to look at in terms of in the mind of Christ, when Christ talks about being good, kind, patient, having self control, etc. What would Christ do? And what is Christ really looking at? What is the intent there for that so that you don't um, go overboard, do too much in one direction and have the opposite um, effect of what you're looking for? And then the other thing that I would mention, um, certainly we have some articles at uh, www.focusonthefamily.com parenting. On single moms, not a lot, but we have some articles. But one thing I always want uh, people to know about is that Focus has a free counseling resource, and it's really consultation because obviously it's done over the phone instead of in person, and you're only allowed to do two sessions per year. But if you are struggling yourself as a single mom around any issue at all, parenting, dating, whatever, you can call this number that I'm going to give you in just a second here. Um, and you can talk with a licensed Christian professional co- uh, counselor. And these folks I know well, I'm a counselor myself, and I know them to be very qualified. And they will talk with you, provide some consultation. And if it sounds to them as if you might benefit from some counseling, they can provide you a um a referral for a good Christian counselor in your area. And again, it's free of charge Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. And the number is 1-855-771-HELP, which is 771-4357.
0: Joni's tips for self-care made me truly understand what it is to incorporate these practices into my regular daily life but then how to model them for my kids as well so that as we're all moving through this season and continuing to heal together that we're actually becoming more aware of each other's needs and it makes this whole process of parenting alone so much easier to have these tools in my toolbox. Joni also wrote an article for Agape Moms detailing some of these practices. It's called Self-Care for Single Moms, How to Find Balance. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Part of my self-care routine has been having healthy community and people around me that I can talk to and share what I'm going through with. At Agape Moms, we created a private Facebook group called Beloved Collective, where you can meet other single moms who are going through similar things and just share some of what you're going through and gain some insights and you can even put prayer requests down and things like that. If you'd like to join the group, you can go to Facebook and find us at Agape Moms, click on the groups tab there and then submit a request to join the group. Also, if you want to follow us on Instagram and just get a little bit of encouragement in your daily scroll, we're there at Agape Moms as well. Also, I know that sometimes getting our spiritual health prioritized can be a challenge and to go with these episodes i've created a weekly devotional video that you can subscribe to on youtube and what i do there is dive a little deeper into what the word says about the subjects that we're addressing each week here on the podcast and then i also have some reflection questions that allow you to think more deeply about the subject and how you can incorporate some of what you've learned into your daily life When you subscribe to the Agape Moms YouTube channel, you'll receive notifications when those videos are released. As the Agape Moms community continues to grow, I want to thank you so much for subscribing to the podcast and also for your ratings and reviews. I know sometimes we look at those and think, does that really matter? But they really do help other women to find the podcast to find agape moms and to make the connections that they need as we all journey through this season of life as single moms together. And there are so many different ways that we all find podcasts. So whatever service you're using, if you would take that moment, if you haven't already to subscribe and to leave a review, they help tremendously. I hope that you were able to gain something from this conversation that inspired you to maybe take a little better care of yourself today and to prioritize your own healing and your own health. And as always, I pray that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.